Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the Cyber Pro Podcast, where industry leaders share their experience and insights. It's about five questions in less than nine minutes because hackers never sleep. First question, Pete, who are you and what do you do? Um, well, Pete Gibson, and I am a CIO, was a CIO at Alamo and National Car Rental, CTO at Wyndham Hotel Group, CIO at Bridge Street, ran an IT outsourcing company in Shanghai and just got done running IT for Friendlies and Johnny Rockets and got them sold and acquired, which was good. So very so, so a lot of experience, uh, you know, not not too much though. <laughs> no, not much. Just not much. There, there's a reason I'm bald and gray at a young age. So <laughs> nice. Question number two. Yes, what's the what's your favorite part about being a, a CIO? Uh, the diversity, without a doubt, it's uh, the the diversity of what we have to do every day, but also more importantly, the opportunity. Um, a well-run IT team adds a tremendous amount of value to a business this day and age. And I often say this, that there's nothing really new in the operating world. Yeah, there are some new things, but not a whole lot. There's not a hot lot new in accounting or HR or some of those type things. Marketing has some new things every now and then, but they're not normally technology related. If you really want to improve a business this day and age, it's probably going to be technology related. So a technology team that can deliver and is delivering innovative products adds a tremendous amount of value to a business. And that's what makes this job fun. Normally I get to go into an organization and there are issues and problems because I do turnarounds is what I primarily do. And at the end of it, when the team is running well and adding a lot of value, it's just a hoop because the people come back and say, you know, we got a lot done. We did a lot of neat things. But it's really neat to see what a, a good technology team can go do for an organization and the value that it can provide. Anywhere from EBITDA contribution to revenue improvement to, to just sound products for the users to use on a daily basis is a lot of fun. I can't thank you enough for talking about the business operation component of the technology side of the house. I think a lot of people forget that that they shouldn't be butting heads. They should be working together. Uh, so, I mean, that's really the only way to do it. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean that flippantly. I am saying that the an IT is an enabler for the business. So the CIO has got to be working outside of his organization with the chief operating officer, the chief marketing officer, the CEO. Where are we at? Where are we going? What do we need? And he's got to be playing at that level. And he's also got to be, you know, I think another group asked me one time, it says, you know, what's the preferred reporting relationship to the, you know, the uh, CEO or the CFO? And I said, I don't really care. <laughs> said, what do you mean you don't care? I said, because to me, when I go in, everyone is a customer. Everyone has needs. And if, and if the CIO is doing his job, he's servicing all of the organization. The admin assistant has needs, good, reliable com, uh, computing. And you may walk by and how do you do this? And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how to do everything in Outlook. 
but I know that we as an organization need to give her an answer real quickly and we'll get the, the service desk or the help desk to give her a call real quickly. The CEO has needs, the CFO has needs, our greater customer group has needs. They all have got to be fulfilled. That's great. So I always ask the third question around cybersecurity is top of mind, but I'd like mm -hmm. to hear your thoughts from the CIO perspective. That's huge. I mean, I think uh, as you and I were prepping for this call, uh, the conversation, you, you asked me a question about, you know, the relationship, should the, the CISO report to the CIO or to somebody else or whatever. And it's the same thing that I say to everybody, I don't really care. I have a responsibility for security of the systems. And I don't mean that the CIO is over the CISO. I don't say that at all. The CISO is an extremely important role and he, but you look at it when to, for him to get his job done, he's leveraging requirements on the greater IT organization to close holes, vulnerabilities, and things of that nature. The, C, the IT organization needs to participate in the security uh, processes and procedures to be effective. If not, they're going to have a hard time and you're going to lose weeks and weeks of productivity if you have a hack. So it's really important they work together. And so I've had CISOs report to me and I've had them out on the side also. Yeah, I, and I'd say to them, I said, you know, either one's fine. And I'll tell them if the CISO is reporting to me, the first thing I say is, you know, let me know all your needs and issues and we'll put them in. And, and depending on the vulnerability and so forth, we'll either put it in the ticketing system to get closed real quickly, or we'll do whatever we need to go do. And I'll chair the council and make sure that you get all the support you need. But also, I want you to feel that if you're not, if I'm not doing my job, you have dotted line authority to anyone in the organization to go do it. And I'm not a you know type of guy that I worry about, well, is he going to go around me? Is he going to go do this? I look at it as we got to get the job done. Let's get the job done. And I don't have to worry about any of these petty games of reporting relationships or whatever. Because at the end of the day, we're both on the same team. We got to get the job done always about teamwork. So with question number four, mm -hmm. what piece of insight do you want to share with our community? You know, I would, I think the thing is that it's not if you're going to get hacked, it's when you're going to get hacked is what I always say. Um, and I've had uh, two incidents in my career to where we've been hacked. And the big thing is, I don't care what you say, um, it's an unfair game. I always say that because you got your infrastructure team and the IT team and their heads down with, you know, you know, tons and tons of responsibilities. You run a very flat organization and the guy that's trying to defeat you is just looking for one simple vulnerability and they can get in. And it's, a, it's not a fair, it's not a fair match. Uh, it could just be, you know, an accounts payable person opening an email and you have issues and problems and so forth. So, um, so I always take the, the view on it. It's not if you get hacked, it's when you get hacked. And then you need to have, besides all the security and the vulnerability and protecting things and so forth, you need to be able to guide the organization through an incident. You've got to be able to have your counsel, who you probably have it on paper, 
and maybe you have your meetings once a month, whatever it might be. But when it really comes time to have an incident, you've got to put it in play and you got to be able to work with the lawyers, you got to work with the finance team, you got to be able to work with everybody and guide the organization through the incident. You got to work with the press, you got to work with strategy, you got to work with privacy rules and laws and so forth. And you've got to work about being able to defeat the, uh, the group that's trying to get in or may have gotten in on you. So, and there's no, it's one of those things you don't wish upon anybody that you have that experience, but I'll probably tell you, you need that experience because it, it's gonna, it's, it's a very dangerous world out there and one little slip up and you're spending weeks and weeks. And then when it happens to an organization, everyone starts, you know, everyone starts running, not knowing what to go do. And depending on the organization, the organization culture, you either get a lot of friends real quickly, they want to come, what the heck's going on? What are we doing? To one culture it was, oh, they don't want to talk to him. The guy's radioactive and they got to stay away and they allow, which was kind of good actually, because they allowed me the room <laughs> to get the organization through the incident. So. No, I so thank you for that. Take it, the thing is, don't take it for granted because it's going to happen to you somewhere in your career. No, and I, I think that's that's a very valid statement. I think people are trying their hardest to not get breached, but you know they have to understand that they have to have a recovery option as well. So that's that's good insight. Yeah, you do got to have the recovery options as well. And I always, you know, I several things that I try to do now is because I kind of. I'm a big believer in zero trust. You know, I trust nobody, not even you, Rick. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't trust anybody. But I also will kind of say that, you know, you can have all the greatest tools in the world, but it's just one little slip up and it's all over for you. You can have the best, you know, security council, you can have the best framework to go do this stuff. All it takes is one little slip up and you're, you're in trouble. And so I'm always working on trying to include the, improve the security posture. My biggest thing right now that I currently do is devoid yourself of anything that might be of value to them. So TII, yeah, don't do it, you know, yet you got to have some of it in the HR system and so forth, but you lock it up and you make it tight. Uh, credit card processing, not in-house anymore. It goes from a, from a lowest point denominator on up. So if there is a, a breach or a hack, it's at one location and it's a small amount versus the entire enterprise. So yeah, I'm always looking for those type ways to mitigate the risk in the organization. Subnetting will save your rear end real quickly because <laughs> you know anything that has to go through the firewall will get inspected a little bit stronger. So you know have tremendous amount of subnetting. So again, you subdivide this uh, where they can get to inside the organization. So all these things start playing in house. But at this point, I try to avoid myself of information. You know, you, uh, people kind of take it lightly. You know, accounting teams like to hang on to their data. People like to hang on to their data. 
But oh no, we have data governance in place and here are our policies and seven, whatever your policy might be. For me, it's normally seven years and it's the way it is for a lot of organizations. After seven years, I devoid myself of it because if it's a social security number or something of that nature and it gets out, I'm having to report, I'm having to notify people, we're having to pay for services, things of that nature. So devoid yourself of as much as you can as possible. Fair enough. And Pete, final question, fun question yes, for you. What's the your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? Um, there are a lot of them that kind of make me smile. But the one that I talk about the most is actually the mainframe. Um, I don't know how many years I've been hearing the death of the mainframe. And <laughs> Yeah, and, and, the, and the fact of the matter is, it's a very efficient, simple processing capability that can do numerous transactions quickly. And I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. But yeah, we can go back to VAX. We can go back to a whole bunch of older technologies. I had a deck alpha that I tried for years to get out of an organization and finally did. Uh, I tell you an interesting story back in the government days when I was running the the cruise missile program for the Navy, um, some of my best software developers were started to, they literally like graduates, 1968 of Florida State, a guy by the name of Jim Blackwater, brilliant guy. He was coding in cards. And so he would teach you things about uh, code efficiency because you only had so much memory in, in an old machine. So you had to make sure your code was efficient. A lot of skills that we don't have anymore. So the older technologies actually are kind of good and kind of neat because they have good practices around them that we've lost this day and age. So, but um, yeah, there are a lot of great technologies many years ago, but the one that I talk about the most is the mainframe. Nice. Well, Pete, you did it. Thank you so much. It was epic having you on. Right. Thanks, Rick.